to another episode of Ben Frank Now. I'm your host, Frank, and I'm running the show solo tonight. I appreciate Mr. Dr. Prisco stopping by and joining us on this late, late, late night Saturday. This episode I'm kind of interested to talk about, you know, we're going to get in, dive into the um, unemployment crisis, you know, talk about, see what's going on out there with Americans out of work. Have a guest tonight, Mr. Sean Gransky from Lincoln, Nebraska. Met him in my former job. Good guy. Damn good guy. Um, Let me see if they're on. Hey, guys, you hear me? I hear you, Frank. Good deal, Sean. I can hear you. Oh, Robert. Dude, Robert's on tire. <laughs> no, we're good. Right, we're good. Right on, right on, right on. Yeah, I appreciate you guys joining us. Thank you, Sean, for waiting around while I get a lot of things taken care of. Robert, thank you also. But, you know, let's dive into it. You know, um, today, Trump signed an executive order. <laughs> $400 a week. From down, what two hundred dollars down from six hundred, Sean? Um, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead, Robert. No, no, no. Let let him take it. Let him run. Okay, okay. Well, Sean, you know, we spoke on Facebook about it. You chimed in about it. You know, I was furloughed from the railroad for um, a couple months. Was able to find get back into work though. But um, tell me, how has it been for you, brother? So my previous job, I was a project supervisor um, on a project that was grant funded. And so I knew that my job was going to end. That was not a surprise. Um, Obviously the pandemic was a surprise though. I had a job pretty much lined up uh, for me to transition into and due to the remote work and all the shutdowns uh, that job put off their hiring process for they put it off several times and, and it's basically on pause, like indefinitely right now. So once that happened, I filed for unemployment. Um, and since then, and I had some communication with this new job last week, even, but I mean, it's, you almost don't know what to believe at some point. Cause they, it, you know, it keeps getting pushed off, but I've pretty much been applying for jobs and interviewing with no luck as of yet. Um, I've had some good interviews. Um, everything's done, you know, on zoom or over the phone right now. So it's a little bit difficult, but, uh, I've made, I've made to like some final interviews with some jobs and just not, I don't know, just not getting, you know, just not getting it. So it's obviously been discouraging in that way. Um, and I think something that you, that you kind of talked about that you want to get into is, um, I mean, I don't know like how great I am, but I'm a normal guy, no criminal history, uh, bachelor's degree with leadership experience. And I did not expect um, a job search to be as difficult as it's, you know, exactly. as it is right now. And I don't know if a lot of that's just because there's so many people looking for work. And so, you know, the competition's higher right now. Um not so, sure, but I just keep trying. <laughs> so how do you feel? Because I, I totally hear what you're saying, man. Because you know what disturbs me is when I read on Facebook. And because I always say Facebook, because I use Facebook as a, um, my social platform to 
gauge the um, temperature of the room or the audience or, you know, society as a whole. But what drives me nuts is when I hear guys that's been unemployed and get back to work or those that still work in quote unquote essential workers, they make the comment about unemployment insurance. Oh, they sitting at home, blah, blah, blah. They're doing this. They're doing that. You know, they need to get back to work. What about us? What about us? And it's kind of stirs because here you well-educated still having a problem finding a job, you know, and Mm -hmm. it put little things in perspective that this COVID-19 do not discriminate when it comes to race or religion or, or, um, or education. And what I mean by that is it knocked the biggest person out to the lowest person on a job market. And we are all fighting just to make ends meet. And I hear a lot of individuals, well, I want, I found a job and it's not that hard to go out. And there's so many jobs out here in the job report in <laughs> July said it was, or June was up three point some million. I'm like, where fast food? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Seriously, when I lost my job for a couple months, I lost a $120,000 a year job, you know? And then all of a sudden, what I'm supposed mm-hmm. to go do, go find a job making 30000 a year? Yeah, that's fine and dandy, yep. but I mean, really, I accumulated bills in that time period of years of working on a railroad, and it's not bills that I just went off and just like, just spun money, money, money. No, I had a family. I had another ch- mouth to feed. You know, I had everyday bills. So is it my fault? That I mean, I don't understand. Help me understand. I mean, that somebody that's more knowledgeable about this, like, where do us working class people that was was were working class, where do we go from here? You know, I mean, enlighten me. Yeah, well, I think the first thing. Go ahead. First thing that you really need to uh, grasp is that corporations don't give a flying fuck about people. Yeah, not one flying fuck. And this goes back to the adoption of the, uh, the this myth from the Chicago School of Economics, um, which is premised on the idea that the only stakeholder that matters is the, uh, the, the person who owns stock, right? Stockholders are the only stakeholders. And so it limits the field of vision. People are looking quarter to quarter. And if you aren't turning a profit, if you aren't growing, then you aren't being a good capitalist. And so all things being equal, right? If we dive into theories of capitalism, the only place to save money is on worker salaries, right? Because the other parts of the equation are all static, right? However much it costs to buy the equipment to do the job at whatever scale you're doing the job, right? That's all kind of the same from anyone to anyone. And so you save money as a corporation by fucking over the worker. Mm. There is nothing else to it. Mm. And so when you talk about good people who have a history of being employed and doing good work and they struggle to find a job, it's because there are a few people who are making a ton of money and have decided that uh, the best way to make more money is for the people who make significantly less to make almost nothing at all. Mm. Mm. Sean, you want to so, Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, um, 
real quick adding to that i looked up some i know that i didn't i didn't even know what the minimum wage was here in nebraska it is currently nine dollars an hour damn um, i noticed that in iowa it's seven dollars and 25 cents wow. um which mm-hmm. is i mean i think that's what i think that's what it was when i was in college wow. not yeah. far from that i mean that's yeah. that's crazy first of all um second of all like like you kind of alluded to frank uh, yeah, like I can go out and find a job. I don't know how beneficial that's going to be because the minute that I, you know, find a fifteen dollar an hour job, I'm probably spending the whole time looking for something else, mm-hmm. uh, you know. And then and that's that's going to eat away at, you know, it's got kind of burn costs for whoever whoever I work for. Um, so when the, when I when I was out of work when I was first was out of work, I was I actually was not planning on doing unemployment i had never had i never had to do it before and just because of the stigma you know i just kind of thought like that's just something that i don't do (laughs) that didn't last too long um because i had some friends talk to me and you know at some point it's just the obviously the financial uh smart thing to do um but i think one thing that i learned was that that's what like people in ours in my situation and like millions of americans right now unemployment is there for that reason you know, it's not like mm-hmm. I'm just taking money from somebody else. Exactly. You know, that's what that's what it's for. Um, and the other thing, another point that I've thought a lot about, too, is. I don't know. You, you, uh, I think Robert mentioned companies not giving a fuck. Well, like the government, I think, hides behind that, too. I don't know how altruistic unemployment insurance is because it's still it's benefiting the the country, you know, like me getting unemployment means obviously I can pay my bills, but then I can also put money back into the economy. And in my current situation, um, even with the $600 stimulus, I'm making a little bit less. I what? Well, now right now I'm making way less obviously, but even with the stimulus plus the regular state unemployment, I was, I still wasn't making quite as much as I was while I was working, you know? So at least in my case, the idea that I'd rather be, unemployment doesn't make sense because a let me i mean it's not fun (laughs) i'd rather be working i wasn't making quite as much money though it really was it was pretty close um i lost my health insurance that's not fun Mm -hmm. in a pandemic exactly Mm -hmm. so you know i've i've heard that too and i do know lots of people who unfortunately lost their jobs as well and some of them do make more money or they did i'm sorry not no we people aren't right now but they were making more money unemployment than they were but i don't i don't know i guess it depends on who you are obviously but i really think that a group i would be shocked if a great majority of americans who are unemployed are not trying to get back to work and wanting to get back to work in a position that was similar to what their skills and education you know should be able to bring in exactly that is so correct and it blew my mind seven dollars an hour in um iowa for unemployment I mean, for um, yeah. minimum wage, yeah, seven twenty-five, fourteen thousand five hundred dollars a year. Wow! And you know, and nothing. I did. I did some research on the state unemployment is different state by state, and I I never knew that. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I never got unemployment mm-hmm. before, so I'm like, wow, you know. And I think somewhere like in Mississippi or somewhere down south, it was like one hundred thirty-five or one hundred fifty dollars a week. I'm like, are yep. you serious? So, mm-hmm. I mean, how do how how do we expect how does the government who we put our tax money into and 
pay into. <laughs> when we hit a crisis that we need help now from Big Brother, it's like they turn our back on us. And I'm talking about both Democrat and Republican. I mean, like right now, look at Schumer and Pelosi, and then you got um um gosh, the two guys on McConnell. The yeah, McConnell. Oh gosh, Moscow Mitch. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> what I mean, they are so out of touch with society. As, with Americans, and I mean, quote me if I'm wrong, though. I mean, enlighten me. I mean, I'm I don't know too much about uh, American politics, but I'm learning. So, I mean, I mean, this is what's this is all designed. Yeah, this is all designed, right? And so, if you think about it, there's no political incentive right now for the Democrats to actually provide much of anything, right? Because the more the country burns, the more people blame, uh, or at least the, the common perception is that the more people blame Trump. Mm. But we start to see that uh, people are seeing through that. And so Trump's numbers are starting to it's a plateau again, starting to rise against Biden. And that's because what people are craving is leadership. And they're, they're craving to be seen as valuable members of society and not uh, refuse to be tossed aside. Yes. Yes. And um, unfortunately, you know, you look at how Congress is acting, how they're, they're fighting you know, amongst themselves, and it's it's going to be paltry for people, right? And people like you and me, people who lose their jobs for no apparent reason. Right. And to, to think that the idea that they're going to get, like you said, this, this absolute minimum of unemployment insurance plus maybe $600, yes. that's still effectively nothing. And and how do I put it? And you wonder why people will work for minimum wage if the unemployment is 150 bucks a week. Yeah. They have to. There's no there's no alternative. You you slave away in two or three jobs in order to make ends meet because in the end you have to live. And that's that's part of the problem is that. You know, um, my wife and I were, we were arguing uh, a week or two ago about the idea that if you have time to lean, you have time to clean. Mm. Right. And that's, that's kind of like the most essential element of this, where people will force you be active, even if there's nothing to do because they have control. And if you don't do this arbitrary thing, it's a reason to fire you. See, that's funny you say that. Because, I mean, well, not funny you say that, but um, I know an individual that worked at the school district here in Arizona, and they made a comment of, um, hey, I'm still working, though. I'm like, what do you mean? Well, they got us coming in, mopping the floor and cleaning the door mm-hmm. handles and cleaning outside. I'm like, well, your job is not custodian, though. You're, um, you know, you're a special ed teacher. Well, I know, but they can find it's either work and keep a paycheck or sit at home and don't get paid. I'm like, wow. Mm-hmm. So I started digging deeper into it. And there's a comment. There's a section when you fill your um, state employment, I guess. It asks you, have you been offered a job? Have you quit a job? And um do you refuse work or something like that? And I'm like, wow, you know, so if you refuse work, you know, you don't qualify for unemployment benefits. Well, right. Which is 
which is a which is a reason that I don't just I mean it's, it's one more reason why like for me for example I haven't just taken whatever job I can get right now right wow that I mean that's a cash twenty two it's like they got you about the balls either mm-hmm. way that's not fair you know and I don't know I don't know I me mean, well so so Frank it gets worse right because now that people know that uh, they can fire people. Right. It's gone past the service industry. It's gone past all the people who have to be co-located in order to work. Mm-hmm. And it's starting to hit white collar. Right. And I think that that's probably where um, uh, Sean is at is yeah. corporations are looking at people who are called call middle age, right. Making decent money. And they're just saying, fuck it. Mm-hmm. We don't need them. And the wages for people in an entry-level job in IT, for example, has declined from about 75, 80 grand a year to about 45 since January. Damn. Mm-hmm. Wow. I did not know that. That's crazy. Oh, my goodness. And so, and so if you're in, in the field and you have experience and you think that, yourself, that you're valuable, you're probably right. But there are people out there who are looking at you as completely disposable. And why take a risk on you? Because there are some people who have made it, you know, far in life with being middling. Um, But they can hire two young people, right, for next to nothing, who are going to work their butts off for the chance of getting what was essentially entry-level pay, right? And and, and they will work like dogs. And there's still this perception that quantity of work is better than quality of work. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow. So you pay attention to the Trump um, interview today, his orders he um, signed off on. <laughs> What's your take on that? Yeah. Okay. Now <laughs> I've heard mixed, I heard mixed emotions, you know, I mean, I've heard mixed information. Is it true? That it will not, it will basically fall at the lap of the um, Congress. Now, is the Congress got? They're the ones who control the purse. What he's called the power of the purse. Mm-hmm. Or does he? Have- yeah, our, our Article One of the Constitution gives con- Congress the power of the purse, and so-, so Trump can do a few things. He can put a moratorium on student loan debt, and he can put a moratorium on uh, certain things, right? Like renters' evictions and on people who have to pay mortgage to uh, uh, FHA loans. Mm-hmm. He can do that. That's, that's executive power. He can do that. But anything with regard to spending money, not a chance. So basically, that was just a damn circus act he just pulled off on TV today that had everybody talking. Oh, yeah. And so it sets the stage for what is going to be the eventual end run, right? Uh, the Democrats had negotiated uh, under Bernie Sanders that six hundred dollar uh, plus up. Uh-huh. The Republicans wanted to t- take it down to two. He split the difference at four, right? And so that's going to be the bargaining chip. Four hundred. Mm. Right, but but let's let's not get it twisted. That's two hundred dollars less. Yeah. And since seventy percent of the economy is consumer spending, right. you're talking about millions of people. Millions of people having two hundred dollars less to spend a month, and so two hundred times millions, billions, mm-hmm. 
Mm. Mm. So where where do we go from here? That's my question because that's like, what's going to happen this week? Another question. What about the twelve hundred for nothing? Really? Not a fucking thing is going to happen this week. Wow. So I I didn't check and see what Pelosi rebuttal was after. I mean, Trump Trump probably gets out of this looking pretty good no matter what because yeah. he did even if he doesn't have the power to do what he did he did it and if it goes through he's going to take the credit if it doesn't go through he's going to blame the Democrats and he's going to be able to get on TV and say you know what I mean I tried to give you guys mm-hmm. money but they wouldn't do it mm-hmm. and I, I you know there's I'm I'll just I'm not a Trump fan <laughs> um, <laughs> but this this is one and he has not had a good summer <laughs> but no. this is one example of kind of what he did to get elected is because you had two parties, you know, bickering back and forth. And he kind of plays this role of, you know, I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to not, I don't know. I'm going to stand up to the old, you know, to the old bump. Yeah, exactly. So he Mm -hmm. hasn't had many opportunities to do that lately. Um, But I I mean, I think, I think no matter what happens, I think he comes out looking good on at least on this act that he did. Wow. So, okay. Now, somebody told me the payroll tax doesn't affect Social Security. (laughs) So the payroll tax, let's go into that. The payroll tax is something that you pay um, basically to be employed. It's it's an employment tax. Right. Right. And um, effectively, like half of it's paid by your employer, half of it's paid by you. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. And so the, the problem, though, is that we are looking dead into the eyes of, I think, officially, what, 11-ish percent unemployment. And yes. uh, in real terms, probably 25 percent, 30 percent. Right. Yeah. And so the payroll tax doesn't affect people who are unemployed. You don't save any money from that. It doesn't go into the pockets of anybody. Instead of that six and a quarter percent that you're supposed to be saving from the paycheck, it's it's a non-issue. It's a non-starter. It's a bad tax. So what do you right. t- what do you tell all them Trump followers and those out there on Fox News that are speaking so highly of what he did today? They, I mean, is is. Or is somebody is anybody going to receive anything? Because people are really thinking they're going to receive this extra four hundred dollars a week. Really it's going to go straight to the courts. No, and they're going to lose. They're going to lose fast. Wow. So today, now is there is there any? I don't know. I mean, is there any way that they just don't fight it just because just because it looks. You know, if if public opinion, if public wants it, will mm-hmm. Congress just let it go? Because the, you know they know that if they veto it, they're you know doing something that you know well, Cong- Congress people doesn't don't have, want. Yeah, Congress doesn't have the veto, and so what's going to happen, uh, in my surmise, is that uh, this is a political uh, strategy, right? And I think you hit it on the head. This is this is Trump doing something that is effectively doing nothing, except making a speech that makes him look good. And it does. It is politically brilliant. And Congress is going to push back on it because that's the one thing they have is the power of the purse. Um, and so if they give that up, 
then that, that establishes precedent that they don't want to do. And so they're going to come out and say, well, we want to give you guys more. And so we're fighting for more. And all the while, people are going to be hit with nothing. Right? And that's what I mean, right? You, you now find people who are going and seeking unemployment. They're not going to be eligible for the $600 plus up or the $400 plus up or the 200 All of these people are going to be grandfathered in at their regular rate of nothing. Wow. <laughs> Damn. That just mm-hmm. so that's to air out the balloon there. Man. Because there's a lot of people I'm reading on Facebook right now on Fox are so drinking the Kool-Aid and believing, hey, you know, he's helping America, America's first, America's coming back slowly but surely. Our president care. We're going to get our four hundred dollars a week to get us by. And People believe in lots of things that they want to believe in. You know, uh, I still believe in Santa Claus, but it doesn't mean he's real. <laughs> Where are we going from here? Because he made a comment. And I kind of, I kind of, I mean, I love enjoying Trump press conference. I really do. And he made a comment that, well, what was on? He cut, was the payroll tax? He mentioned, no, which one was it? He will suspend forever. If he's reelected in January, so basically he dangled a carrot out there, letting people know, "Hey, you reelect me, you know, I'll take care of this forever." I think it was it was it a, not the payroll tax? There was some tax he was promising to take care um, to get rid of, and Joe Biden was going to basically up it. Maybe it was a payroll tax. I don't know, but I can't see us getting rid of payroll tax forever though, because that will cut into Social Security. Though, is that correct? Mm-hmm. That's that's part of the ploy, right? Is that this is a way to uh, diminish Social Security, another social safety net, by making it seem like it's better, right? But, but the key the key thing the key thing to this is that it's the high earners who pay more into Social Security via payroll tax and Social Security tax, mm. and there's a cap at how much you can you can get back, right? How much you can earn. And so it gets distributed to other people. And so if they're no longer paying in, the wealthy people get to keep their six and a quarter percent. Right. And the people who need it don't get it. And so this is missing the whole point that our economy for better or worse is premised on consumer spending. And so if you want to say, Hey, we need to find a new economy. I, I agree. And what, if you had if- Dr. Prisco, if you were the president of the United States or, you know, the Treasury, Steve Munition, mm-hmm. what would you mm-hmm. recommend? Well, the first thing that I'd recommend is that uh, we have to do a complete privatization of healthcare, right? Via the public option, right? The one Medicare for all type of thing. And that cuts into the idea that um, people are, are unable to go find different avenues of work. Because health health benefits are tied to work, yes, it is right, and so yeah. that actually is a way to decrease competition for labor, right? And so we take that off the table. More importantly, it moves from a system that is health uh, health insurance oriented, health care oriented. Most people don't know that only forty nine cents on the dollar spent on health insurance goes to health care, and that number that 49 cents includes the negotiated rate. 
which means if you have, say, Blue Cross Blue Shield, and they say, well, you're going to go, you're going to get a, an MRI. And usually that costs, you know, $5,000 thicker price. We negotiated down to 1500 And so they count 3500 as being health care that they provided, which isn't true. And so it's really closer to about 20 cents on the dollar. And so you tell me, should we pay just 20% of what we're currently paying for healthcare and still get the same amount? Or maybe we should get five times the care or something in the middle. Yeah. Damn. You know, why can't we, um, somebody mentioned, I'm trying to go back and find something on Facebook. I'm sorry. It's about healthcare. Why can't we pay for the service that's needed? You know, why can't we find some type of insurance out there that <laughs> we only use it when needed? You know, because it's like car insurance. I was bitching about this with my wife a couple um, weeks ago. Dude, you don't you don't use healthcare when you or you don't use health insurance when you need it, right? Because you get those huge deductibles. Man, right? that's five grand. Bullshit. Exactly. It is. It is bullshit. You know, when we were kids, they were just starting to roll out the idea of having a copay. Right, because they had premiums, right? And premiums were originally back in the 1940s, 1950s, uh, paid as benefits from your employer to the to the employee in order to attract talent, right? Because in a post World War II era, uh, you tried to get it, you tried to get everyone you could. Yes, yes. And so in the 80s, there was the, the myth of the welfare queen that was coming out, and so it was just like, ah, pay five, ten bucks every time you go to the doctor. So you yeah. don't go if you don't need to. Right, and that starts affecting the poor. So we get used to the idea of copays. Now copays are what, like fifty dollars at least. Well, sure. I think. Well, with mine's with um, also United Healthcare and now with Blue Cross Blue Shield with the railroad. Yeah, we're twenty. No, it's like twenty five dollars now, thirty dollars. Yeah. And then my yeah. and my dental sucks now. It used to be hundred percent for cleaning. Mm-hmm. Now it's eighty percent for cleaning. I'm like, when the hell does there shit you go. happen? Yeah, there you go. So, so that's the thing, right? Is that you have this, and then on top of it, now you have these high deductibles. And so you don't really even get the benefit of all the money that you're paying in until you hit five grand. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Yes. <laughs> and so so if you're like me, you wait until everything's broken. Right? And then you go in, and you try and fit as much care as you can into a year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See, this will bother Yeah, that's true. I... I was going to say, I mentioned that obviously losing your health insurance is a big part of the unemployment problem. Um, I ended up buying some on my own starting mm. just this month. Mm. It's a uh, $8,500 deductible with $80 mm-hmm. copays. What? <laughs> mm-hmm. <Are you> <laughs> and I actually, yeah, and I, honestly, I uh, actually I hurt my neck. Uh, I've got like a pinched nerve back there and it's acted up. I hurt it. I've. And it's been, it was bad. I've spent about three weeks here almost immobilized. Luckily, I have a friend who does some physical therapy, so he's been able to work with me on, like just for free. Good deal. But I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a problem that probably is going to need surgery at some point. And there were some days that I was in so much pain. It was, it was awful. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm not going to the doctor because I can't, even though I have insurance, that's pretty much just in case I get in a car accident or something. <laughs> yep. You know, like anything normal is not gonna or you know or obviously if you get come down with covid like that's pretty much the only reason why i even bought the insurance but it, it, like you guys said practically even though i bought my own insurance practically it means nothing mm-hmm. 
unless there's a you know something very very serious and that's what and that's what that made me sick to my stomach as americans you know here we are the great country we live in and we can't we are scared to go to the doctor unless something is really death defying for us you know and that's sad we and then we got you got some parents out there that got to work two to three jobs just to make ends meet and i hate when people say that like if you ain't making enough work another job get a trade Go back to school. Sure. What the hell? So, yeah. well, if I have three kids, well, you shouldn't have three kids then. You know what? If if butter was not on toast, you know, fuck you. And it's like, <laughs> what do you do? Seriously, what do you do? It's like every door you open is another one that's locked. And it's locked. And I feel for the single mom out there who is busting her ass to make ends meet, paying for insurance at her job. And then that's what hell. If you a group. Insurance at a job is damn well almost what three hundred dollars a month, so you got to take in account of that, on top of taxes, the high price of food, and let's not talk about the cost mm-hmm. of living and living in a maybe mm-hmm. an apartment or a home. I mean, it's not fair, let's, man. It's not well, let's, fair. Let's, let's let's go into that right because it gets even worse, right? Because the minimum wage is what seven and a quarter an hour for you know federally. Mm-hmm. Right, but say that we even go with your copay of twenty five bucks. Okay. That's what three and a half hours of work. Right, not to mention the fact that if you're hourly, you have to take time off in order to go to the doctor. So you've missed an entire day of pay. You go see the doctor, and that's as long as nothing you owe aside from that. There no, there's no blood work, there's no X ray, there's no MRI. Right. Think about this. If you make seven and a quarter an hour and you get a one thousand dollar MRI, right? That is one fifteenth of your entire annual salary gross. That's sick. <laughs> yeah, and my current doctor is he's really good. Like he's just a really good doctor, but he's expensive because he likes to stay on top of everything. And yeah, it's <laughs> You get those just the blood work and all that stuff comes back. It's like I all you did go to the doctor didn't even really get a whole lot of treatment, but you've got a six hundred dollar bill coming back at you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, what was the big fuss about Obamacare? Because I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I've, I always had you know health here through the railroad, but what was the big fuss about Obamacare? Was it good? Was it bad? I mean, it was put forth by a black man, right? And so it was therefore to be excoriated by the GOP, despite the fact that this was the same socialized or quasi-socialized healthcare that Mitt Romney had put in place for the entire Commonwealth of Massachusetts. No kidding. Did I know that? No kidding. Wow. Right. And so that's why it was seen as politically viable was that it was a GOP solution to healthcare, right? That the Democrats adopted. And then it was subsequently you know, declared to be basically we're all turning into the Soviet Union. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what was Trump care? What what was his alternative plan to Obamacare? What are we doing? He doesn't have one. So so did he erase Obamacare? Is Obamacare still out there? I mean what the the GOP has been uh very uh tactically eviscerating Obamacare point by point in the courts so that it's effectively neutered. Wow. So you tell me then. Well, actually, yeah, sorry, Frank. So, 
so I went through, I went through like a, an agent when I, when I got my health insurance here just this month and we actually, you like went through the Obamacare system to get it. It's like the marketplace option or whatever. Uh, but I don't, to answer your question, like technically I have Obamacare, but like I said, my doctor's visits are $80 copays and my deductibles $8,000. So it's nothing like, it's nothing like people, people want, people try to scare others into thinking it's like, you know, just socialized healthcare. Yeah. It's nothing like that. Trust me. <laughs> I'm not getting anything for free for being on there. So is, uh, so what about the older folks? So is, is there still Medicaid out there? You know, but I know there's a between Medicare and Medicaid. Is Medicaid still up and running? Well, Med- Medicaid is for poor people. Okay. And that's still there. Okay. And Medicare is for old people. Okay. And Medicare is not bad. And that's why everyone's suggesting, you know, on the progressive wing of, of uh, the democratic party that Medicare for all is what we should be striving for. Mm. Right. Yeah. Treat everyone the same. Yes. And that's, that's a benefit that the GOP is not going to try to eviscerate because one of their strongest voting blocks are the elderly. Yes. Yes. So why do you not want to treat America all the same when it comes to the health you know, if one come from the health side, why not treat all of us the same when it comes? Not, not, we're not talking about jobs. We're not talking about financially. I'm talking about from the health side of everything. Why can't we come together with a plan? And like you said, majority of voters are from the elderly. Why can't we all just come together? Like, you know what? Let's just give free health care or just, you know, some type of subsidized health care for all that's affordable. Well, I think that has to do with the fact that we don't value people, right? We don't value life. We don't value diversity. And we don't look at it from an economic standpoint. Because if we were to really look at this and say, from a a human infrastructure standpoint, having a healthy population is a working population. Exactly. Right? And more importantly, if we socialize healthcare, that means that there's more likely to be a greater number of small businesses that come uh, come into fruition, that get created, because now you don't have to go and work for a certain company in order to get decent-ish healthcare, right? You've got it. It's no longer a yoke around your neck. It's no longer a chain dragging behind you. And so more people can start more businesses. They can bring on other people who are going to be their employees. Because it's something they don't have to worry about. It increases capitalism, right, in terms of effectiveness. And so the people who don't want that are the people who already win. Yeah, and a lot of companies, right? Like you, ta- you were talking earlier about um, just trying to trying to cut corners and save money and not pay people mm-hmm. from a comp- from a corporate side. You, they're including the cost of healthcare into how much they think that they're paying you. You know, like yep. we, like obviously we don't see, like it doesn't mean we're getting paid anymore, but you know, like they, they look at that. They, they, you know, when, when they look at how much it costs to have, to have somebody hired, that is, uh, you know, a lot more money than, than what we're taking home. Mm-hmm. Who we we as a country, and then it's so funny because you hear so many people on Fox News or Fox News, they make fun of Canada, their health, you know, <laughs> and then and then during the um, COVID, I think they were receiving two thousand dollars a month continuously. Yep. Like wow, mm-hmm. so why can't we do that over here? 
of me. And you know, I don't think I've ever heard a Canadian bitch about their healthcare. No, no. (laughs) Like I've been friends with some Canadians on Twitter and stuff, and they rub it in all the time (laughs) that they that they get to they get healthcare. I've never heard one sit sit back and just complain about it all day. Yes, exactly. Oh, well, if you look at the places across the planet that have socialized medicine, the rates of infection are down, their employment statuses are up, right? And so their recovery is going to be faster than ours. And so this is a policy decision. If you're talking about unemployment, if you're talking about people dying from overdose because they, they've given up, if you're talking about people who lose their homes because of eviction, Right, because of uh, the inability to pay bills, this is all policy decision. This is austerity. People are being beaten because of government and political pissing contests, and it's both sides, and it's terrible. It's gonna be an interesting election, November the third, twenty twenty. Is gonna mm-hmm. be a damn interesting election. What you think? Thing we'll have Trump for another four years, or is Sleepy Joe? As Trump called him. It's funny he calls him Sleepy Joe, but yeah, what do you think? I don't know. Wow. Before before all of this pandemic, I thought he was a shoe in to get reelected. Oh, really? yeah. yes, 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 yes. And now I don't know. You know, I mean, I, I read some. I think MSNBC. <laughs> It was like a landslide. Like Trump only had like a hundred or something. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, yeah I, Biden, I, I think he might lose. Sorry, I was just going to quickly say like, sure. Democratic Party needs, needs to figure it out too, though. They're they're a mess. Yes, they are. <laughs> yeah. They're almost two separate parties right now. Yes, they are. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, that, that's part of it, right? Is that uh, Biden had a fifteen point national lead, right? And he was neck and neck in places like Texas. But that was, I think, with the assumption that he was going to put forth some policy proposals, that he was going to show some leadership when leadership was missing. Yes. And that didn't happen. Right. He's been silent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, governor for New Except York. For a couple, a couple tweets, but nothing. Oh, yeah. The governor, New York, the governor of New York was on TV more than Biden was. You know? Oh, yeah. Hell, you know? and damn. But he don't want to walk into this mess. He knows. There's something he knows that he don't want to touch her. I'm surprised the Democratic Party didn't force him into play. So oh, I, I think, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was going to change the subject so you can. No, by all means, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, I was just going to say I follow Andrew Yang on Twitter. Yes. Um, and he ran for, you know, he ran in the primaries as a Democrat. Mm-hmm. So talking about, um, back talking about unemployment and stuff. One of his big things is universal basic income. And mm-hmm. I'm curious to know like what your guys' thoughts are. I, I think his specific plan was, you know, $1,000 a month for all Americans. Um, to when? Till the pandemic is over? First of the year? No, just month? forever. Really? Just, yeah. Automatically, every American gets $1,000 a month. Damn. Um, there's some, ta- you know, there's some taxes, obviously, that you've got to pay to help fund that. And I think that some of that, I know that he talked about it would just some of the other social security, not social security, but social benefits that we have would probably stop. Like if you just, it's just kind of giving people money instead of, you know, like food stamps, for example. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, that's, I don't know how 
I know that he's really big on that, you know, and there's a certain, it's probably a, probably a pretty small minority of Democrats that are, that are pushing something like that. But yeah, I just kind of wondered mm-hmm. what your guys' thoughts were on that. Wow. 1000 a month. Go ahead. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, I think, I think the UBI has been tried in places like Finland and it works, right? Because what it does is it means that if you're in a terrible financial situation, um, because of, again, you're, you're sticking with an employer because of benefits. You feel like you can't move on. You're in a bad, bad work situation. You're in a bad family situation, whatever you can, you can change that. And so the question really becomes is, are we going to do it in, in a way that's sustainable or not? And so to say that you're going to make a certain amount of money and that's going to be it, it doesn't work. It's the same thing as a minimum wage. And so you've got to tie it an index that fluctuates they say all right we're going to make a thousand dollars for for right now and as inflation rises so does the universal basic income that the purchasing power is effectively on par as time moves on um and so some people are going to look at that and say well that incentivizes having large families and that's true and so one of the things that you can do then is say that you're going to make call it two thousand dollars for every adult and $500 for every child, right? And, and there's benefits and detriments to however you're going you're gonna to make the math, but a universal basic income is not something where there's no taxes. Um, eventually, it's just effectively added to the taxation uh, that we have, so that if you make a certain amount of money, right, you effectively pay back all of your UBI and uh, your wash, right? And some people will be paying more in taxes so that they're contributing to the UBI of others. And so it's it, you've got to look at it as a complete system and how it's going to work. And what we do know is that it does, in fact, work. Yeah. So what you're what you're saying is like basically, if if you're wealthy, you're probably mm-hmm. you're probably spending your thousand dollars a month back on tax, like back on taxes mm-hmm. so it yeah, is a situation that, that mm-hmm. does help you know the, the non-wealthy people the middle class and the poor people mm-hmm. more than it does necessarily everyone equally okay no oh, sure yeah sound like it's helping our lower class out which we need in the united states but they're the forgotten ones and that's the sad part you know that's that is sad wow mm-hmm. wow man i mean that was the news I just heard today, I thought, was, you know, okay, well, it's going to be some interesting weeks this week. I'm, re- I'm ready to get off of here and um, check out Pelosi, see her rebuttal. But I've seen her and um, Chuck Schumer have rebuttal to what Trump did today on the executive order. So that's going to be interesting. And I think this week right here going to be interesting. Like you said, Doc, ain't nothing going to happen, but going to be a lot of bickering. What they said, there were one, there were one trillion, sh- there were one trillion not agreeing or something okay well the republican was asking for what 1.1 1.3 trillion stimulus and mm-hmm. and then the democrats were asking for a 3.1 3.4 so why the well, hell the, meet in the middle the, the, the key here is they're bicking over the details on how much money they're going to be spending yes. but the cost is fixed and the cost is that it's going to be liability insurance right liability protection for companies and schools so that they don't get in trouble and can't be sued by employees, right? If they get COVID, if, if they produce a, a harmful work environment. Yes. Yes. 
And it's crazy that it seems like Trump is offering these schools what money to open back up. To me, that just sounds like some shady ass shit, you know what I mean? But half these schools can't make their mind up. Look at the college football season right now. I mean, I'm hearing news. Mm-hmm. I'm hearing news this week. Ever since the MAC conference, the Mid Atlantic conference, they went ahead and canceled their season, their fall season. The Missouri Valley conference, Indiana State, they conference, um, they canceled their season. The Big Ten, mm-hmm. the Big Ten held a meeting today, so I'm assuming college football is going to be canceled sometime this week. We ain't going to have it. I mean, come on, the first game. Was well, they almost, they almost have to, right? Because if yeah. you talk, if you look at it, the you know the the spikes that you're seeing in places like uh, Italy, you know they're they're calling it a spike with 15 daddy a day, Damn. and we've got way beyond that, oh, yeah. way beyond that, yeah. It's not good, you know. Um, it's not good. I think baseball gonna end up shutting down the doors, and I don't know. The NBA mm-hmm. kind of seems like they're the only one that's kind of figure it out because they're playing in a bubble and nobody have tested for it that we know of. They're keeping hush hush, but I don't know, man. Um, we're in crazy times right now. It just, I don't know. I mean, after Brian told me he had COVID, it's like shit, man. And he it took him about a week, and he's finally recovering, or just little by little, but. You just never know, you know. You kind of scared to go grocery shopping. You just kind, of, you kind of very watchful now, you know. So I don't know what time. Yeah, going, man. yeah. I mean, to 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 go back to our original point of uh, unemployment, I had a a, a sit down heart to heart with my boss and my boss's boss and my boss's boss's boss, and I said, "Look, wow. <laughs> right? I know that you guys are planning on doing uh, layoffs." And it's going to be scaled layoffs starting in September all the way through for a year. Mm. Right? So you don't know how deep that's going to go. And I said, because of working from home, I, if I'm going to continue to do it for you, I have to build a structure, right, to have a, a designated office space. I've got a baby on the way, and my wife is going to be quitting work in order to do this because of COVID. Ooh. And so if you're going to lay me off, you do it right now. Right? Don't don't mess with me, and so that's that's the uh, I don't know that the best we can do is to have that that kind of meeting with our superiors, but it doesn't mean that they're going to listen, and it doesn't mean they won't backtrack on that. You're right. You you are mm-hmm. right. And um, and the, yeah, to touch on unemployment, you know, that's what pissed me off though. Like a lot of people don't know, especially in my line of work, our work on the railroad is based off consumer buying. And what I mean, mm-hmm. and then not only consumer buying, but where are we getting that product from? Mm-hmm. We have, and when I was working up in Minnesota on a Canadian based railroad, Minnesota General Mills, home base right there, they start laying people off. They, went, mm-hmm. they start cutting their crews back. So when you start cutting crews back, it, it trickles down and affects us because you're getting less production. Now, what I'm afraid of is the jobs are showing high stock growth on less production. Now they're thinking, hmm, we're making we're making more money. I'm sorry, not with less production, less manpower. Let me rephrase that. With less manpower. And that's what's killing me. I can't believe it. But you have a lot of these companies they're not talking about is, hey, these jobs are still opening up, but they're using less manpower and working them harder to produce X, Y, and Z goods. Well, that certain individual that been working for that job for seven, eight years, trying to get his foot in the door, you know, gain some seniority, he no longer have a job anymore. He have a job not to go back to because 
companies are scaling back on bringing back the workforce they once had before. So everybody's kind of like cutting the fat and working, working them guys more. How the hell, you know what I mean? <laughs> the economy, they say is getting better. I don't know how, you know, they say there's more jobs. How there's more jobs. And we have this many people that still unemployed. Don't, see, the numbers aren't making sense to me. More jobs in June. Unemployed. Well, they're not. Yeah, but they're not new jobs, though, Frank. Right. They're just people. It's people. Get, it's people getting their jobs back. But not everybody's getting their jobs back. That's, a, that's well, no, 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 not at all. But I mean, that, but when when they say "quote unquote" new jobs, that's what they're. Isn't that what it's really happening? Is that what they call a new jobs? Get people getting their old jobs? But they, if that's the case, that's bullshit. <laughs> I think that's, that's no. He's 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 absolutely correct. It's not only people who were furloughed who are going back to work, but it's also about half a you know a, a decent chunk of people being hired by the Census Bureau in order to take the 2020 Census. Are you serious? Oh, I didn't even I'm think about that. Serious. Oh my mm-hmm. goodness! And so that's why you've you've got to look at it. You've got to look at the long term unemployment, and right now that's somewhere between twenty and thirty percent. So is the unemployment higher than it was during the nineteen twenty during the Great Depression? Yes. So what the? F- <laughs> so we are in a major panic right now. We need money. Mm-hmm. People need something. Yes. Yes. And so, so this is what I would say is that from a policy, policy perspective, people need some kind of universal basic income on top of that. What we really need is something that uh, we had talked about previously from back in the 80s, right? We need to talk about the government buying up foodstuffs and distributing it because Food banks the, huh? the, the, the $1,000, the $2,000, whatever the UBI is, mm-hmm. Right. That's not accounting for the skyrocketing prices in food, food. Right. Among other things. And so you're telling me that kids aren't going to need their milk and their juice and their bread and their peanut butter and stuff like that. They still need protein. They need calories. They need micronutrition. Yes. (sighs) It's sad, you know, and I mean, I'm blessed and I'm fortunate. We all are. Yeah. Some of us, you know, Sean, you're not a job. You know, you're not currently working, but we're all still blessed, though, because what I'm thinking about is I'm thinking about that poor family. And I always use a reference down south, deep down in the bayou, somewhere down in Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, or hell, anywhere in the United States that's going to bed hungry tonight. Mm-hmm. No food. No money. Mm-hmm. So yeah. And that's what's that's what's difficult about talking about matters of money and yeah. employment and all that is that I mean, money is so relative yes. depending on who you are, how big your family is, what you're, you know what I mean? Like what you're used to just, oh, yeah. just because you have more, you know, like, so I, you know, I could live, I could live in a cheaper apartment, right. but I, but just, but just because I can, like, I can't just do that. I can't just up and exactly. change my life. Right. You know what I mean? Which is like another reason why, like I, you're right. Like it's, and you shouldn't have to. I, you shouldn't have to change right, your life. You know, right, right. But it's sad because I hear what you're saying. And it, it, you shouldn't have to change. Like, like that individual shouldn't have to work two jobs to make ends meet. It, it shouldn't. That should not be like that in America. And I don't know why it's like that, but it's heart it's heart wrenching to me because I know there's a kid out there right now that's going bed hungry. I know there's a family mm-hmm. out there that's that's needing help. I know that. There's a young girl out there that's 13, 14, 15 years old 
that have to sell her body just to get a put food on the table for her family. I know that is out mm-hmm. there in the United States. But here we are, you know. Well, and I think that's, yeah, and that's, we talked about the universal basic income. Like, I think people have this this wrong theory that if you give people money, they're just going to blow it on drugs and alcohol. It, it, <laughs> I think that's proven to be not true, right? Like, money helps yep. people well, more than you, it hurts them. Well, let me, ask you, <laughs> let me ask you guys this then. When you guys got your stimulus check, I mean, I didn't get, I'm, well, when, when people got their stimulus check, not you guys, I'm saying in general, you've seen on Facebook. And let's be honest. On my friends list, I see a lot of people at Walmart buying TVs, <laughs> barbecue grills, meat, <laughs> and, and I shake my head. I'm like, this is the reason why we are the way we are. Greed. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of taking that money and put it up, $1,200 ain't shit. When I was in Minnesota, I was paying $1,800 a month in rent. So $1,200 ain't shit. But put that money up. You know, but we as a society and a few of us out there, we're not conditioned to think to save or prepare for a rainy day or what if. Because like I said, I've seen people on there buying Playstations, TVs, new shoes, barbecue grills, groceries, whatever. Put that up. But we're not conditioned like that. And it's sad. And the ones that was doing that, they're the ones that's hurting right now. But do we keep in from you know and the hardcore Republican gonna think why should we give them more? They're gonna do the same thing again. Why can we why should we keep supporting them? <laughs> the funny thing though is that the hardcore Republicans are doing the same shit. Exactly. They're just as poor, exactly. they're just white. Yep. <sighs> Fellas, this is good, you know, and it's sad. It, it really is, you know, and I don't know. I don't know. Sean, I mean, what can you say about this? Where do you go from here, brother? <laughs> well, I mean, so of the things that we've talked about and, you know, I didn't, um, I didn't know the doctor before this, but I kind of just ran and, and Frank, honestly, I don't think you and I just talked about sports. I don't yeah, think that you and I have had any like political conversations. So it's kind of, uh, it just happens to be, and you probably knew this just, you probably just kind of had a feeling about who to bring on course, this podcast, but uh, <laughs> um, we all kind of are in agreement. So a lot of the things that we've talked about today, neither one of the candidates for president are going or at least the main two candidates are going to do anything that we've mm-hmm. talked about. That's so, yeah. So what, so what do we do? Like mm-hmm. at that point, you know what I mean? Like how, like what, what is a way that today in 2020 we can try to bring about some of these changes knowing that it's not going to happen soon but there's still got to be something we can do to help move the process along yep yep <sighs> i don't know i mean doc you know about this don't you doc <laughs> we, <laughs> shit. i'm learning from you well, guys. yeah so so this is this is where it gets into uh the the brass tacks are, t- are tricky right and so the the best thing that we can do at this point is um uh support unions is probably the best thing to put it no matter who you work for no matter how white collar you are but you've you've i know this sounds terrible but it is proven that if you have organized labor then the payments go up yes right the benefits go up that is true right 
And the strongest unions you see have tons of power. Look at the police. Yes. Yes. Right. Yes. Look at, uh, look at the players associations for various sports. Right. And so Mm -hmm. we just need to to recognize that nobody's actually winning from this so-called idea that you are a unique and important unicorn who can only do your job and therefore your employer and you are in, you know, equal negotiations for your salary and they're going to value you as a, you know, fine and gentle individual and take you uh, underneath their wing and give you everything they're worth. Not true. Well, you speak, right? you, and, you speak on unions, but we all know you, there's always, they kind of work for the corporation sometimes too. Well, that's that's the thing, right? And so maybe what we need to do is we need to start thinking about a new union, not the old ones, not the ones that are already established, but start getting together and saying, we need to have the benefits of unionization. What we're seeking from our union needs to be established in the charter, right? And there needs to be political power as a collective that is not rooted within the uh, the aegis of a single person, right? No hoffas, no things like that. Well, I hope they don't treat us like the right. Re- hope they don't treat us like the Reagan era with the air traffic control. You remember that? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. forced some boys back to work. So, mm-hmm. oh man. <laughs> oh, this this make my head hurt because I get so pissed off about it, but I'm still learning. Sean. What do you think? No, I mean, job wise, you gonna you gonna try to move out of state for a job? Anything shaking around there? Well, yeah, I mean, I've I've thought that. Like, obviously, the more time that passes, the more desperate I'm gonna get. So my my uh, my goals are gonna drop a little bit every week <laughs> oh, yeah. until I just have to take something. Um, but yeah, so I, like I said, with the say what you want about the stimulus, it. It kept me afloat, and I mean, I would, mm-hmm. I, could, I would not have been able to afford rent. There's just, there's just no way. There's just no way. Um, you know, like it, my spending habits didn't have to really change with the stimulus money, so that was, I'm very thankful for that. You know, That's it's good. like good. I feel lucky and unlucky at the same time, but I'm definitely lucky that the one time so far in my life I've had to use unemployment, I've actually, I was, it was actually enough to replace my salary, <laughs> which was helpful because I didn't have to. And it's like I said, man, you give people money, like good things are going to happen. Like yes. my, my apartment got their rent every month on the first, my car loan got paid on the 15th. Every, you know, like people, people other than me benefited from, from the stimulus, mm-hmm. you know? And so, and, and I do want to mention like some of the essential workers, like I do get that frustration. I mean, I, I get that, you know, like it's, I'm sure it's frustrating to know that you, that some people out there are probably working more than one job and still not making as much as people are drawing. Not, I keep saying are people were yeah. drawing unemployment. Like I, that's of course that's frustrating. Like I get that, like, you know, and I have like empathy for that. Um, I don't know what you do. Like just because you take it away from something like the answer is not just taking it away from people because you don't have it. You know what I mean? Like that's not, Well, I think, I think that that, that goes into a bigger thing, right? Because if, if we're looking at the $600 plus of a week, right. 
Mm-hmm. That's equivalently giving everyone a $15 an hour job, right? Yes. Payment from yep. that. And we all know, if we're going to be very honest, that 600 bucks a week is nothing. Mm-hmm. Right? Let's just be honest. And so I think that needs to tell us where the minimum wage really ought to be. And I think that it needs to be about $1,000 a week. Yeah, I mean, yeah, to on, to honestly, to and yeah, it's just there's so much. Well, I mean, like, the minimum like, wage, like the stuff we're talking about, like yeah. we're so far away from even beginning to think about the good it would be for Americans to have money to save mm-hmm. and to put mm-hmm. away for, to retire, to mm-hmm. and to pay off their student loans for Christ's mm-hmm. sake, like, <laughs> mm-hmm. like it's, <laughs> I don't know, you know, like the money we're talking about is pretty much like pay your bills. And and get the groceries right, mm-hmm. and I don't know, but like we're not even in the like we're not even beginning to get into the point where like how much income people probably really need to set you know just to live like and live more than than one day, you know live more than today or this week. No, exactly, and that's what I'm saying. I think we we should look at the median income yeah. as being the ideal minimum income because uh, in the what was it, in the first podcast I was a part of, we talked about how there was a study out of England about 10 years ago now that found that it was somewhere between 70 and 80,000 pounds is the, the income at which um, more happiness was not generated by having more income. But you did get away from the pressures of being poor. And so that's about a hundred to hundred and twenty thousand dollars a year. Damn. And so if you have two earners making fifty, which would be what we're talking about, a thousand dollars a week, mm-hmm. you get there. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. That would be nice. That would be nice. Well, I mean, think about it. Like, like, how amazing would it be if we didn't have to have these conversations on? You know, there are kids who are going to bed hungry, right? If we had to to worry about uh, all of the associated ills of society, right? Ah, uh, well, so and so sick, but can't get can't get the mm. uh, medicine, stuff like that. Mm. We just say, you know what? We we can figure out a way. We know the way to make it work. And here's how we're going to do it. Hopefully one day. I don't know when. Mm-hmm. Maybe it might not be in my lifetime. Yeah. That is sad. That is sad. You know what? Hour and seven minutes on the show. That was excellent. You know, we can keep talking for longer and longer <laughs> about that. Robert's on the East Coast is 1221. And Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't realize. I didn't know you were there. Oh yeah, Shauna, 11, <laughs> that's that's worse than me. Well, you eleven twenty one. Yeah, yeah, that's all right. And it's I'm, Saturday. It's all right. <laughs> it is nine twenty one here in Arizona. So well, you know, you, you know that I don't got to get up for work in the morning. <laughs> Sean, man, seriously, though, if you look, if you looking out of state, man, seriously, I would consider. I mean, I was in a tough situation. Not, I mean, just job wise, when I was hell before I even got married, before I even got in the railroad, I went to Texas. No state taxes. Jobs always booming or something, and 
shit, you know, I mean, and hell, even Arizona. I mean, we all got state taxes, but the cost of living here is ridiculous. My wife and I laugh about this shit. Be like, the median household income here in Arizona is 30000 a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's bad. Really? It's bad. I mean, mm-hmm. it's bad. I didn't realize how we, we talk about this, like, what the hell? Like, we're starting to go home shopping. I'm like, oh, God. I mean, I can, what? I can, we, I, we can get the, oh, my goodness. What's going on? We, what the hell? You know, we're just shocked by the <laughs> prices, you know? And, yeah, I mean, the jobs here is ridiculous. Don't pay shit, but the cost of living mm-hmm. in Tucson is dirt effing cheap. And we have a lot of people come over from California and and um, Colorado coming down here to live because they know the secret's out. Arizona mm-hmm. is cheap. Yeah, it's very cheap. Definitely south of. Texas. I would I would not have I would not have guessed that. I didn't yeah. know that. Do your I'm telling you, look at your research. There always need jobs everywhere. Just look at the ND website, um, recreational jobs. You just look it up, man. There's jobs everywhere they need here, but people aren't applying, but they don't know it. But like I said, the median mm-hmm. household income is thirty thousand dollars. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You know, and In and Out Burger here, them guys make fifteen bucks an hour starting out. I'm like, what the hell? So yeah, it's it's crazy. It's yeah, it's it's yeah. nuts here. But yeah, I mean, if you ever get to that point that you need to look out and venture out, honestly, I would look at Arizona or Texas, two states that got good weather. You know, and hey, it is what it is, man. Yeah, I've looked. Yeah, I have looked into Texas before. That's also a very affordable. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And um, Robert, you about to become daddy number two, right? <laughs> That's right. Yes, sir. You know, and um. Yeah, I'll be, definitely be in touch with you, brother. Um, I know you're going to be out for about a month and stuff, but Sean, we're going to do this mm-hmm. again, man. Um, I like to do a show like this. You know, Sean, give us his journey. You know, like, think about a show name for this, you know, Sean Journey, um, because this is interesting because you speak with so many individuals out there, especially my listeners. I've got 2,000 downloads already, and a lot of people are unemployed and listening and don't know where to go next. And your story is very interesting. And, We'd like to keep in touch with you and see how your journey goes and what's next and what are you able to find. And um, maybe you get that Trump executive $400 a week coming up, but <laughs> we will see. Right. So, um, yeah, if you don't. Well, mind, it's been it, it's been a pleasure, Frank. I've had a lot of fun. Yeah, so and I hope you don't can... ever don't ever hesitate to ask me. Oh, for sure. Ask me to come back let's, again. Oh, let's yeah. do it. Let's hey, do it. Hey, Sean. Sean, yes. take a look at the Cincinnati market. You can live in northern Kentucky oh, or very yeah. cheap. And uh, I know that Kroger just decided to throw in another $100 million investment into their uh, data science uh, program in Blue Ash, Ohio, which is right there in Cincinnati. And so if you're doing project management and things like that, that is an excellent, excellent town to be in. There you go. Okay, I appreciate that. Cincinnati Reds, huh? Nearby. And- mm-hmm. <laughs> Sean, mm-hmm. what's your degree in again, buddy? It's in business management. Business, business management. Uh, so, any listeners? It's out uh, there? the most the not to offend anyone, but man, what a mistake! Because <laughs> you, you don't graduate college and start managing a managing a business. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I would have been better off just starting in one place and working my way up. Because that's go. the way most people become management. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hell yeah. And um, <laughs> shit, man. Yeah, we appreciate this, man. I appreciate you guys taking the time out and um. On this late Saturday night, I'm going to release this show tomorrow afternoon, and um, it will be on Spotify, Google Play, iTunes. So um, I would definitely 
post a link on a Facebook page. People go check it out. Y'all can too. Um, like I said, it will be released tomorrow afternoon. It's going to be interesting. I like to go back and listen to the shows, though, but um, this was very educational. <laughs> you know, I, I learned a lot from everybody, from my guests, you know, and Robert, very intelligent. You know, I've been knowing Robert since I was in seventh grade. So I respect everybody. I respect everybody that come on the show. I don't care if your views are different or not. I'm going to respect you regardless because we're all in this together. You know, it doesn't matter if you're black or you're white. Hell, we're all in this together. We're all brothers. We all got to act like it, and hopefully that can lead to a change in this universe, in this United States. But it is what it is, and take it one day at a time, though. But, hey, I appreciate you guys. Y'all get some rest. God bless you guys. And I appreciate y'all being on. Thanks, Frank. No problem. Thank you. All right, you guys have a good one. And that was Sean Gatsky and Dr. Robert Presco on the Ben Frank Now Show. Thank you for tuning in. Like I said, it's late right now. And we are very, very blessed to have this show on the air. People are listening. You guys are making this happen for us. So always continue to keep listening, downloading, give your feedback. You can email us at beingfranknow911 at gmail.com. That's beingfranknow at 911 at gmail.com. Or check us out on a Facebook page at beingfranknow. That is being frank now. Yep, time to go in here and call it the night. Kiss the child on the forehead. Kiss the wife. Good night. We love you all. No matter your race, religion, sexual orientation, or social economical status, we love you, and we out.